0: This time, 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 time, for time, this time, this time,
1: time, What's up, everybody? I am your host, Chris Hampton. Welcome to the Power Company Podcast brought to you by PowerCompanyClimbing.com. Today is Tuesday, December 7th, which means that tomorrow is the day that episode one of season one of Breaking Beta, the Science of Climbing podcast, drops onto all of your heads. If this is the first time you're hearing of this and you haven't figured it out already – Breaking Beta is an entirely separate podcast from the Power Company podcast, though it is brought to you by Power Company Climbing, as well as Crux Conditioning, and is part of the Plug Tone Audio Collective. You can find the link right there in your show notes to head over there, get subscribed, make sure you don't miss an episode. My friend and fellow coach Paul Corsaro and I, will be each week for 10 weeks setting the record straight on the science of climbing. We'll be digging into one paper at a time, going way beyond the abstract into the methods, into the conclusions, into the actual things we can take from these papers, the practical applications, as well as the gross misinterpretations we hear from so many climbers. Oh, And big news, this is not the only new podcast coming from the Plug Tone Audio Collective. We've got some exciting new podcasts coming for climbers and the outdoor industry in general. So stay tuned after this episode to hear more about what's coming down the pipeline. All right, today's episode is my good friend and fellow coach, Lauren Abernathy, who you may know on the internet as Good Spray Coaching. Lauren and I sat down at my house this past summer here in Lander, Wyoming, while she was on a trip and very much in the midst of engaging in her first real long-term project, uh, an ambitious one that I'm really proud of her for diving into. We talk a little bit about the lessons she's learning on that project, as well as all the things she's learning from her recent switch from Weekend Warrior and sort of part-time climber with a full-time career into full-time coaching and having much more time to climb we also discuss some of the effects of positioning yourself as an expert in this or really any other industry. Um, It's always going to come with people questioning you, and that can have a big effect on your psyche while you're simultaneously trying to push yourself and exploring your own limits, not to mention being a female coach in a very male-dominated industry. All right, let's get into it.
0: Maybe don't know,
1: maybe don't
0: know. I feel like a lot of coaching is not necessarily about understanding all the science or programming everything perfectly. It's about like understanding human behavior. This time, this time is power. power, power, this time to fail. How many sessions
1: of not getting better are okay?
0: Man, I really haven't. My long-term projecting hasn't been... Yeah, it's a fairly new thing. It's a fairly new it. thing because I'm just now starting to have time for it. I remember having... My friend calls them regression sessions <laughs> totally. when you get worse. And he he mm. asked me like on a previous project, he was like, you had a regression session yet? And I was like, oh yeah, I feel like two or three in a row would probably be a rule of thumb, but I've had five on the one I'm doing now. And every time it's not like, you know, you know, it's like new links and it's a little bit better. And I'm like, no, it keeps getting better. We should keep going.
1: Well, I think one of the coolest things too, once you really start digging into big long-term projects is you get really good at finding the tiny progressions because you really want to keep climbing on it. (laughs) And you've made this rule of like two or three sessions without progress means I'm done. So you find the tiniest little things (laughs) to keep yourself going, you know? And actually I think that's very cool because then you can apply that level of awareness to things faster in the future, Yeah, you know?
0: Plus, it really depends on the time scale. Like, if you have a lot of time, maybe it's just you're stressed at work one week or whatever's going on. So you're just having a bunch of... Or there's a gigantic line, so you only get to have, like, one or two burns on it. And then you're like, oh, this session sucked. And it's like, okay, well, if you had more burns, it might not have sucked or whatever. So, yeah. yeah. I guess it it all depends on the time scale, too. But, yeah, I'm still in the land of, like... A whole six to eight weeks feels like forever. And that's like not even long. Totally. So. <laughs>
1: totally. And and that's something I wanted to talk about a little bit was like you you were historically weekend warrior, short trips to places, um living in the city, yep. you know, traveling a bunch to climb. Now you're in this position where you could pretty much go climbing every day if you wanted to. Yeah. Um what are the biggest challenges for you switching from weekend warrior mode to this mode that you're in now? Because I, I personally found it pretty challenging.
0: It's definitely hard. And also because I don't have like, first of all, it's hard to, it can be hard to make the time. Cause when you run your own thing, like, you know, you go from, I went from like the nine to five where I'm like, someone else is making the rules for me. Now I'm going to make my own rules. I'm going to go climbing. My training's going to be perfect. I'm going to eat breakfast every day. I'm going to make a good breakfast and like, That is not happening. (laughs) Like, it's not like that at all. (laughs) But yeah, Mm -hmm. it's kind of this weird thing where you like are, you know, when you actually love what you do and are like excited about what you're doing, then it's really easy to kind of like overdo it on that end and then not actually make the time for climbing, which is kind of funny. But then at the same time, it's been cool to have the space to be able to like try things longer term and also get out of like, I don't want to say it's like panic mode, but you know, when you're like, this is the only time I had like, this was the one of the two weekends I had in this six weeks and now it's pouring rain and I can't go. And also, Oh my other, this was, I'm speaking of one weekend in specific where also my other half, uh, chopped off his fingertip, Mm. cutting an avocado, making guacamole. And I was like, between the pouring rain and you not having a fingertip, we're not going rock climbing. (laughs) And now I won't get to climb outside for a month and I've been training my butt off. And it's, It's really nice to not have that, like, level of insane constraints anymore. Yeah, I mean. It's a lot less stressful.
1: (laughs) When you're, like, when you're climbing in the red or, you know, Rumney or any of those kinds of zones where the season is pretty specific and is like a, you know, two months are the good season. Yeah. That might mean as a weekend warrior you get eight, trips
0: yep you know you're like i have two months Mm. to send whatever and then you're like that's not that many,
1: (laughs) right and if two of those trips go you know go bad because of the weather or because of someone cuts their fingertip off (laughs) or whatever yeah you know that's a quarter of your your climbing season gone
0: yeah and you put all this work in over the summer like hours Mm. and hours of training in the gym dreaming of like your 10 days you get to spend. It's it's so hard. I definitely feel for everyone that is still in that position. Like it is a hard hard place to be when you care a lot about getting better at climbing rocks.
1: It is. And in <laughs> some ways it like forces you into this this mode of preparation that works really well. And you're like you go to the crag and you're determined and it you know, you're super tactical and super efficient and effective and and then it's really easy to get lazy when you're when you live near the crag and you're like, "Oh, I can go tomorrow."
0: Oh, totally. I've definitely noticed like that's why I'm still going on these like <clears throat> short 6-week trips throughout the year which one that's part of the reason why i left all this so that i could have control of my schedule and do this but well, also, you also just said
1: short six week trip. <laughs> yeah
0: right weird right right it's a whole whole new perspective now <laughs> well i'm also like i need more time to send my project so i want this to be 12 weeks long so i can yeah send. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like yeah it's weird it's a whole new whole new ball game but yeah i i like the i like the trips though because it's definitely forcing me to be like You got to get it done. There's a timeline. Because I did notice when I was in Salt Lake, you know, like locally, this is, so I moved to Salt Lake in January and then I did a lot of skiing because skiing's a big thing for me. But, you know, all spring I was like, I'll just keep exploring, which I think is valid as well because I'm just not used to like the climbing there. But yeah, then I, you know, I didn't really, (laughs) I didn't get, I wouldn't say too much done. I don't really regret any of it. Like I needed to figure out the areas and just like Mm -hmm. climb on a bunch of stuff and like didn't send a lot but yeah it's totally a thing where you're like yep i could just come back tuesday or we'll figure it out next week but like the shorter trips are making it so i kind of have to get her done and like there's a timeline which is nice and hard but good
1: (laughs) it's interesting do you feel pressure because you really only live four hours away
0: (sighs) i guess i mean how far
1: how far were you driving for climbing trips when you were a weekend warrior?
0: <laughs> I was driving, I was driving six hours round trip to Rumney, New Hampshire. So and we kind of figured out the New York City traffic was really bad on Friday evenings. So mm-hmm. we did this cool thing where we would wake up at four, right, drive there, show up at ten, and just be kind of confused about what time it's supposed to be because usually uh, I don't get up at four in the morning because it's awful. <laughs> but and then you know we would be there for like a little over 24 hours and then have to drive back on Sunday. And now right. you're right. I do live four hours away. I guess I'm like, gotta be in Ohio for a bunch and of can weddings. And you work remotely. Yeah. And, <laughs> like yeah. I can make it, I can make it happen if I need to. But it does feel like, you know, we're leaving on this date and it's gotta be done. But I really can come back. I keep reminding myself, I'm like, if you need to come back in September, it's okay. But
1: yeah. I, I think there's <laughs> a, there's an interesting line there where it like can be to your benefit to put that time limit on it. Yeah. And to say, I need to have it done by this day, you know?
0: Yeah. But it's also this thing where, you know, I don't... Because I will be... I am going to be in the red in October. And at the same time, I'm like, well, I don't want to just, like, let this thing bleed into forever not mm-hmm. get any quality training in and then show up to the red like okay just for everyone's reference i am not ready to get pumped on 100 foot rock climbs right now <laughs> i'm projecting a 50 foot boulder problem that's real hard and yeah. i am not ready to be pumped so i know like september i'm gonna have to get my head in the game and start getting really pumped in the gym which will be a good time but yeah it's kind of this thing where i'm like i don't want to just like half-ass two things and then not be ready, so it's kind of like, yeah, I definitely like schedule myself out a lot to try to do a lot of things and try to make it like this nice plan. It doesn't always work out, but
1: yeah, I think it's a smart <laughs> thing to do though. um, I actually like that you're you're experimenting inside this new like paradigm that you're in. Um, because I see some coaches who are kind of like set in their way of engaging with rock climbing. Like this is the time I put into it, this is when I go rock climbing, and that sort of colors their view of how everyone else engages with it. Um you're expanding your view. And I think it's important to understand the the struggles, the challenges, you know, and the benefits of having different schedules or schedules you can manipulate or being a weekend warrior or having all this time and all these crags available where you could get trapped into sampling everything (laughs) Um, understanding all that and having struggled with it yourself I think is really important.
0: Totally. And it's been really cool the past year because, you know, when I started my kind of coaching business, I did end up having a lot of people that were more East Coast. So I'm like, I understand your seasons. I understand all this stuff. And then for my, you know, out West clients that are telling me I'm having a really hard time getting in the gym because there's a thousand fun activities for me to do outdoors with my friends, including climbing literally every day after work. And I just didn't. (laughs) have a concept for how this could happen. I'm like, yeah, but you just gotta get your training done, man. Like, I don't know. And then I get out I get out to Salt Lake and I'm like, I can ski every day. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> like I I worked with uh I worked with Coach Blake from the power company over the winter and <laughs> I remember looking at my own training calendar and just how many rest days I was taking and thinking if I was my own athlete, I'd be really stressing me out right now. Yeah. But it's hard. So it's been cool to like gain that perspective so that i can like help athletes in a lot of different you know areas and situations understand how to manage it from personal emotional experience with all of them so Mm -hmm.
1: yeah i think it's huge are there things you miss um from the corporate life and weekend warrior style climbing are there things you wish were still a, a part of your rock climbing or are you keeping those those things
0: Hmm. I will say I thought it was, I guess there's two things. One of them is that when my only time engaging with training for rock climbing or rock climbing was like my spare time, it was fun to just dig into tons of information and write my own training plans and spend way too much time writing my own training plans. But like that was like, you know, a hobby. And then I would write my blog posts about it. And like that was a good time. And now that like writing training plans is my job, I'm like, no, it's gonna be a no for me, dog. I'm getting the coach. Like I cannot do this myself anymore. Which yeah. is fine. Cause but I also think I learn a ton from like working with other coaches and like learning from them as well, personally. Mm-hmm. And also understanding, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, I'm starting a business and I've never even been a client before. Like that doesn't work. I need to understand sure. what it's like to be on the other side of it. Yeah. So that was important. So maybe I miss it a little bit. I guess I could still do it myself, but I just I just know I won't. And also I really Making myself get pumped in the gym is not going to happen unless there's another person on the end telling me yeah, to do it. Yeah, someone forcing <laughs> you into the situation. Someone that's like, so you're going to do this? And I'll be like, yep, yes, I am. I will do it because you said so, but I couldn't make me do it. <laughs> so. Only
1: because you put it on my calendar.
0: <laughs> yep, exactly. So there's that. And then I think part of me misses, I don't miss disliking my work. But when you do, in some ways, not really care that much about your mm-hmm. job and it's just like a paycheck. I mean, I care in the sen- I cared in the sense that I like to do a good job with things. Right. But also, when you don't really care, it's pretty easy to go out to the crack and be like, shutting that off for the totally. weekend. That's mm-hmm. not getting thought about. I am not thinking about any of this garbage until Monday. And when you run your own thing, it's really. But also, it's fun. But I'm also like it's hard, it's a lot harder to turn work off, especially for the weekend. That's what I've been working on. It's like not working every single day. I'm like having days off is good. So yeah. yeah, that's, those are like the two things I think I miss the most, but everything else is awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I tell people all the time that my life would be so much like logistically, emotionally, mentally simpler, if I just worked a nine to five again. Totally. You know, And had somebody tell me what to do at work and I didn't have to think about that at all. It was nice. Um, that's that's one of the things I would love to somehow bring in. It'll never happen, and I'm actually fine with that. I've <laughs> I've made that compromise. You know, yeah. <laughs> I would love to be able to only focus on my own rock climbing for a little while. Um, won't ever happen again, and that's fine. Yep. Um, because I spent a lot of years doing it. Um, the other thing that I wish I could recreate is that when I was in Cincinnati training, everybody was on the same schedule. Mm, yeah. Because there's the Red River season, it's very defined. And then you have a training season where you're on the gym all the time. And having that crew of psyched people was very cool. yeah. And And I love having that sort of community. And I've tried to build it here a little bit, but because of the fact that you can climb year round and people's goals are constantly changing to fit the season. There's, everyone just ends up scattered to some degree. Yeah. Um, So it's a little harder to have that intentional community of people who are psyched to chase their goals in a similar way.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. I feel like I've kind of because when I was in New Jersey for a couple of years, it was kind of I mean, like Mike and I made friends. So that was good. But it was kind of hard because a lot of people at the gym. I mean, it's a six hour drive. Most people. Right. Especially if you haven't climbed outside before. You're not Mm -hmm. like, oh, let me just drive six hours to do that. Um, Also, everyone's going to come for me. I am aware the gunks are closer but I don't trad climb. So <laughs> leave me alone. But yeah, I always get that pushback. They're like, "You didn't have to drive that far." There's right. always the gunks. And I'm like, "Well, I don't really boulder, and I don't really trad climb, so I I'm going sport climbing people, but yeah." So that was hard because it was it was it was also it was kind of hard to make friends because, sure. you know, most uh young adults in their 20s like do stuff like, brunch on the weekends in the city. <laughs> right, and I right. was like, we'll be gone literally every weekend in the fall. So, like, mm-hmm. the the friend-making, we were, like, we made friends at the gym, but if it's, like, if you weren't going to come rock climbing with us on the weekends, then, I, you know, I guess we'll just make random friends at the crag, but it was hard. So, moving to Salt Lake, it's kind of funny. I have a bunch of friends i call i've jokingly called it the post ski team frat house for a few years but like a lot of my friends from ohio state uh, that were on the ski team they graduated and everyone somehow found a big kid job and they all moved into this house in salt lake city so it's mm. like this pe- this crew of people that i like loved skiing with we went climbing a bunch in college and i was like my climbing crew is in salt lake so now that i moved back i have I have a squad and it's not just me and Mike going, I wish we could make friends. Oh, that's (laughs) cool. Yeah, it's been cool to have that. And not everyone's like on the same training grind or anything, but we're all like very close levels. So, yeah, it's been cool because we all will kind of pick out a rock climb. and We're all super different heights and have different strengths, but we're like this rock climb looks sweet. And now I like feel like I have a crew instead of not, which is kind of fun. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, that's really important to have. I'm, I'm glad you have that there. It's, yeah. it's really easy to get sucked into your own world and, and then realize down the road that there's this, this thing that is missing from the, <laughs> yeah. the recipe, you know? Yeah,
0: like making friends is important, Lauren. Do you <laughs> like, <come on>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, Well, I, I need that advice a lot of the time, too. I'm really much better at making enemies than I am making <laughs> friends. Um, And I I appreciate enemies just as much as I appreciate most of my friends. So (laughs) Um, another thing I think is cool about what you're doing, and this sort of goes along with the like experiencing all of the different, you know, aspects, the way different people engage with climbing and and being able to understand that and just that instead of just saying, oh, well, why don't you just not go outside this weekend? (laughs) Yeah. Um because it sounds really simple when you say it, but putting yourself in that experience, you learn that it's something different. Um I see basically I, I'm gonna do what I do in the board meetings and we're just gonna <laughs> talk about mistakes that I see here. I'm and, ready,
0: I'm psyched. And then you Let's can <laughs> talk to
1: me about your perspective from it. Um Nate, actually, yesterday we were throwing out board meeting topics and he's like, or we could talk about something positive. And I'm like,
0: (laughs) what are you talking about? (laughs) Absolutely not. We don't
1: do that here. (laughs) Um, Something I see happening a lot, uh, especially like you're part of this influx of climbing coaches, yeah, which I think is very cool. And and I'm excited to have there um, and have different experiences and uh, perspectives coming into it. One of the things I see that makes me a little nervous for people is that they spend a lot of time on continuing education, mm-hmm. you know, doing these courses, learning new things, um, paying attention to the science. But then what happens is they aren't—they stop learning from their clients who—who who are the people out there in the field actually experiencing the thing. Yeah. Whereas the people in the labs doing the studies, um, or if you're, you know, taking a class from some other vocation who has no idea about climbers, um, those people don't have a clue what's happening out and with climbers in the real world, you know? Yeah. Um, What have you learned from your clients now that you're experiencing these new things and you're working with people all over the place? You've got, Clients worldwide. So, what are you learning from them that might have been unexpected for you?
0: Yeah, I guess like going into coaching, and I think I can see why people want to go the path of continuing education a lot. Totally, totally. I don't think it's a bad. Thing. No, not at all. And I think in my own journey of it, I was so nervous to just start coaching people. You know, it's kind of who am I? I'm just some guy that likes thinking about climbing training a lot you know right, right so how do i how do you even get there and then it helps to like have some kind of continuing education that's like you did a thing you have learned you can now safely talk to people understand if their medications are going to interfere with whatever like all mm-hmm. the like baseline stuff but then you kind of just got to start coaching people and figure out what works you know if you have if you have some session or something you program and then everyone asks the same question you start learning Whenever you give this to someone, you're going to go ahead and say these few things and then it'll like clear it up. So I think it's a lot of uh, I'm going off topic, but I guess it's a lot of figuring, realizing that like talking to your clients about it and seeing what's working for people has ultimately been like getting the experience has absolutely been more important than a lot of the continuing education courses, which makes sense. You know, it's kind of the practice in the field.
1: Do you ever find yourself struggling with like, I learned this, science has said this in some way, but then this thing that works for my client contradicts this thing that I've learned in some way, and I'm trying to make sense of it. Do you ever find yourself in that place?
0: I feel like, a <clears throat> lo- yeah, and this is kind of where I was going to, I feel like a lot of coaching is not necessarily about understanding all the science or programming everything perfectly. It's about like understanding human behavior. Totally. And usually my philosophy is very much, if we can do the thing that's like 70% of what the science might ask you to do, but it's a lot more convenient, accessible, less confusing and less annoying, yeah. then you're just gonna actually do it over your 12 weeks of working with me instead of being like, read a lot of words like alactic. lactic. I don't think I'm going to do that. <laughs> like right. I think that's that's usually where I net out with these things where I kind of know like consistency over everything is what's going to work. So if we can get you doing something that you'll actually do that's more sustainable, like yes, of course, it'd be great if you could do like these whatever sessions and that whatever, but you know, mm. if if you hone down the science and like take, you know, Take the important stuff and not be perfectionist about it. That's usually where you can find a sweet spot where people actually do their sessions and enjoy it and don't just quit training. That's also always my worry because I get Mm -hmm. a lot of people that have never trained for rock climbing before. And I'm always like, I want you to get better, but I also kind of want you to have fun. Like I want this totally. to be like a good first taste of training if you've never trained before. And I don't want you to be totally turned off by it. And also say, and also I never want people to quit and then say training doesn't work. <laughs> like that's always my worry. Yeah. I'm like, I want you to like it and realize that it's going to make you better. And in the end, it's probably going to help you have more fun rock climbing too. So yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. And, and I'm not like, trying to down science or mm-hmm. continuing education or any of that. That's it's all important. Yeah. Um, and, and science, I think we have to look at it objectively for what science is like it, it by its nature has to strip away a lot of the variables that totally that we all have to live with. You know, we don't have that choice. We're going to have things like work stress, family stress, you know, uh, Chores we have to get done, house projects, our car might break down, you know, there's all these things that come into play that don't in a, in a laboratory research type setting. Um, so it's not always going to apply one to one. So I think your advice of like, oh, if we can take the majority of what science says or get the gist of it, you know, then we, we can adjust from there. Yep. You know, it's, it's like the difference between someone who we were just having this conversation about baking the other night. And some people are very much like, I have to follow the recipe exactly. It says do this. I have to measure it exactly yep. to this. And other people are like, oh, well, I've baked enough that I sort of understand where they're going with it. And I can just make my own adjustments, you know, and it'll be fine. Yep. And I, I think that's a really important place to go with actual humans, mm-hmm. you know.
0: And that's why I get Mm. so annoyed in conversations when people want to be like, but is this the best or is this the best or is that the best? And I'm like, I know the best is never going to happen because you're going to get invited to a bunch of weddings or your schedule is going to get messed up or your boss is going to tell you you got to stay late. (sighs) And then the perfect, beautiful order of operations schedule that we worked out to optimize your whatever isn't going to (laughs) happen because we're humans. So that's always why, like, I'll obviously engage in the conversation. Like, yes, 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 we can have these exercises of whatever, but like. At the end of the day, you're just maybe you'll end up like me, and you'll pop two tires on the road to lander, and you're perfectly timed out like schedule yeah. of sending your project's gonna get blown up. So yeah, 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 that's what happens. Real <laughs> yeah. life is
1: real life is going to get in the way. Totally. You know, you're gonna go too hard one session. You're gonna get too excited. You're gonna do too many boulders. You're gonna be tired for the next one how it happens you're gonna see
0: your friend that you haven't seen in six months in your weird horribly scheduled week where this was supposed to be a hardcore session and then you're gonna like it's not it's just how it's gonna be so you just gotta keep showing up and know that like you're not gonna hit it perfect all the time
1: yeah i think that's super important to keep in mind are do you not necessarily miss but you know on the topic of continuing education and spending time learning something you did really well um, on your blog, when when you and I first connected, I really loved the way you were able to take information and then synthesize it into this easy to understand format for people. And I know you have less time to do that. Yeah,
0: now.
1: is that something that you wish you had more time for?
0: Yeah, because I'm I'm just
1: curious because you were good at it. I'm curious how much you actually enjoyed it.
0: I really loved it. I definitely wish I had more time. I remember I looked at my blog the other day and I was like, my God, I haven't posted a blog post since November of last year. But I think a lot of that energy of wanting to synthesize information, I've kind of started pouring that like just frankly from a business perspective. Like I've noticed that like as much as I love the long form blog posts, like social media tends to be a better converting thing sure. from a, and it's some people can't, like they do not want to read a full blog post they want to swipe swipe through a couple informational things on instagram so like some of that's been some of that energy in writing has been going there and then i also a lot of the work i've been doing lately is kind of creating these courses where i teach a lot of the weird stuff that maybe you're not gonna see from you know just like a basic like training thing like mm-hmm. hey how can you set up your climbing season so that you know you Have a tick list or I literally have like a like a checklist that I take people through of like you're making a plan for your climbing season. How many days do you think you're going to get out? Okay, chop off two or three of those for weather or random stuff. Okay, now how do we even whatever? And it's all these like little things that I don't necessarily think are captured elsewhere. So it's been a lot more, a lot less blog energy and a lot more like making slides for courses or like free masterclasses, masterclasses that I've done. So, (laughs) Yeah.
1: And do you enjoy that as much?
0: I do, and I like talking yeah. through things as well. And I think it helps me like give nuance to things. Although I do love, I love me some being snarky on the blog on occasion. Well, I try to like. And I'm nice. glad
1: that exists. Yeah, I
0: like to. I'm like, I'll be nice about it, but I'm also gonna like make fun of you. But you'll learn, so it's fine. But yeah, I do miss it. I'm trying to get things recently. Shout out Monica, my assistant. Monica, I recently hired an assistant so that I can have more time to make things yeah. and not. I don't know, do everything that Monica now does, which was a lot of things. Yeah. So yeah, that's been cool so that I actually can't have time to like make more resources so that I can like reach more people and not just like my athletes or people that are in my programs. So, but mm-hmm. I do miss it. I like writing.
1: Yeah. And you're very good at it. <laughs>
0: Thanks. I you really know. appreciate that. I, you're really I good really, at it too. <laughs> my,
1: my writing, the only kind of writing I really actually like doing is getting angry <laughs> And just ranting for 15 minutes and then <laughs> pressing publish and being done, you know, and
0: going, dear editor, will uh, you make this a yeah. little nicer so I can <laughs> put it in a nice book for people to read? <laughs> that's,
1: that's exactly how it happened. Um, I do love that. Um, no, actually I, I really like writing as well, but it's also a thing that I don't have a ton of time to do. And I've, I've found these other things I really love um, and i'm glad you're finding things that you love within this and that you feel good about pouring your energy into because you know running your running your own business is this like it's talked about in some strange ways mm-hmm. i think where it's like either talked about super flowery <laughs> or it's talked about as if it's this hellish thing yeah and i think it can be either of those but It can also be a mix of the two where you're like, okay, I'm going to put my head down and I'm going to do this thing that's a nightmare for me, but I know it has to get done. And I have this other thing I really enjoy doing that now can also help me make money or help me spread my message or whatever it is. And I think it's really important to have both of those things in the mix so that, you know, you're more effective long term for the people you're trying to serve.
0: Totally. And I feel like the cool thing about entrepreneurship, like you're never going to get it right. And you can always be kind of like recreating, you know, how you want your schedule to be or whatever. (laughs) But I feel like the cool thing is that you can keep playing with it. And maybe you won't be able to change your whole business immediately. But if there's something where you're like, I don't like that, you can like figure out a way to change it so that it just becomes more you're doing more of what you like and less of what you don't and like it's gonna take you know probably like investing in help or like playing with it but totally you can do it so you have the power but yeah yeah i feel like no one ever talks about like that it can just be this in between place where maybe you're like i don't love how this is going now but i know i can change it or upgrade it or whatever
1: yeah there's lots of nuance lots of gray area in there lots of room to explore you know and yeah. play around and this is still a a little baby industry really yeah. so you know we're all taking part in the growing of it and creating of it so exploring within that framework is really fun actually
0: yeah <clears throat> totally it's been it's been a good time and i feel like i kind of set up i was thinking about this today like i feel like some parts of the year i try to make it so I'm a rock climber who owns a business and then other parts of the year, I'm a business owner that rock climbs. Yeah. So smart. Yeah.
1: Smart. And you know, that kind of brings me to this question I had of like, when I started power company as a business, um, I had had years of progression as a rock climber. I had, I had done a lot of the things I wanted to do as a rock climber. Um, so I felt like I had all this energy to put toward mm-hmm. the business. You're still relatively young in your progression as a climber. Totally. Um, and I mean that in, in a way that I think you, there's a lot more progression for you, you know, not in like,
0: oh, <laughs> you you're, <suck. laughs> you're, this, you're this noob climber.
1: <laughs> it's more like, I think, you know, you're a good climber. And I think there's a lot more to come how do you feel like you're exploring those next levels in your climb In your climbing? Is it, and I'm sure it's gotta be colored by the fact that you're a coach, that you're on social media, that people are looking to you for advice. How does that end up in your practice? Is it more an exploration of different types of climbing and experiences or how much do you get trapped in the, numbers game because numbers are a big part of climbing and we it's very hard to separate that from i'm a coach i'm supposed to climb such and such number
0: yeah oh this is this is a good this is a good question chris we could dig into this one so yeah something that i i kind of always joke with people about this because you know i have gotten some eyebrows raised with like you've only been climbing for seven years? How, how can you be a climbing coach? Like, no one ever says that. And I probably am just projecting a little bit. But I have seen people be like, oh, I've climbed longer than you. And sure. somehow, whatever. I'm like, great, <clears throat> good talk. But, you know, so... That's kind of one of the things that I always like joke. I'm like, I'm a great coach to have because I remember being weak. I remember the day I did my first pull-up when I was 20 and mm. I was psyched about it. And when you do your first pull-up, I'm gonna send you so much confetti because I will also <laughs> be so psyched for you. <laughs> like, And I feel like, you know, I, I definitely think of it as an advantage because I didn't start climbing when I was super young. Like I have, I've, I've like very recently gone through a lot of the progressions that many of my athletes are mm-hmm. going through as well. So I kind of feel like it's an advantage and I'm so excited for them cuz I remember like that I was joking about it in the fall but I was like so many people have sent their first 512s I feel like I've sent my first 512 again I don't yeah. need to send anything I feel like I've sent a bunch <laughs> of stuff <laughs> like it's kind of funny so there's that aspect but yeah as far as like progression I <laughs> I've kind of been joking about this so yeah as this is being recorded I'm working on when I was a young girl I had me a cowboy which would which will hopefully be my first 13A if all goes according to plan. But, you know, it is kind of weird going on a climbing trip as someone where people kind of like, I still am like, no one cares. You're still going to be a good coach either way. But, you know, it is kind of this weird thing where I'm like, oh, I mean, yeah, it's 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 me wanting to do it for my own climbing. And also it's kind of in a bouldery style that I've never really done before. So it's an expansion of skills there. So, yeah, I guess, and then I guess I'll just dig into why I chose this as well. I've always had kind of a power, I'll say I had a power problem because the Red River Gorge and also my own training style just had me doing tons of endurance. So I kind of have, over the past year, sort of tried to reverse that, and now I'm picking a pretty powerful rock climb to work on. So that's been, like, personal development for sure, but then also it's kind of this weird thing where I'm like this rock climb is also kind of a resume bullet point a little bit, so, sure. yeah, and I understand, I mean, I understand why, and I mean, I coach athletes that are much, much stronger than I am, and, you know, it doesn't mean I can't do it, but I think it is important that the more I expand and grow as a climber, the more I'll be able to help my own athletes expand as well.
1: Yeah, I think it can be both. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's, th- this isn't an either-or kind of a question. It's mm-hmm. not like, oh, if you climb five thirteen it's either completely attached to the number and it's a, a bullet point on your resume or you're doing it for yourself and it's for the experience. You know, it yeah. can absolutely be oh, yes. in the middle. It can be both things at, at the same time.
0: Yeah, you know? I don't see, when people <clears throat> are like, I'm not inspired by, I'm sorry, everyone's gonna be real mad at me, but they're like, I'm not inspired by grades. I just do it for the climbs. And I'm like, I think it's fine if you, you know, want to work to sword something that the universe would objectively say is harder than anything you've ever done I mean with this rock climb I can feel I can feel that it is objectively harder than any rock climb I've yeah. ever done but also that's part of what inspires me but also I like the rock climb I tried like the first like 10 days I was here I tried three or four different 13 A's. I can't remember now, but whatever. I sampled a bunch of them and I was like, I like this one the best. This is yeah. the one I like. The other ones are cool, but I'm like, this one feels the most doable and I really enjoy the movement and I'm stoked. But yeah, I wouldn't have just picked one of the other ones because it felt even harder or whatever. Like, right. yeah, it's just funny. I'm like, you can be inspired by both things, but I would also recommend that if you're going to go in deep on a rock climb that you kind of like it <laughs> as well.
1: Totally. totally. I, I think it's really... I think everyone should at some point really spend some time trying to parse out their motivations for climbing. Mm-hmm. Um, and all those people who say grades aren't important are full shit. You know? <laughs> that's, that's really all it comes down to. I think, I think we can place way too much importance on totally. them. Um, but, but they are important. Are they a perfect system? No. And actually I've spent a, fucking lot of time trying to (laughs) trying to imagine a better system um but there's there's pitfalls because we're humans and we're gonna place importance in different places you know yeah so i think it's important to to struggle with that a little bit and and i'd also say there are times when i'm gonna spend a lot of time and energy on a rock climb i don't fucking like
0: (laughs) Yeah, And
1: maybe it's for the grade. Maybe it's just because it challenges me in a certain way. And I really like being challenged and I can find the value in saying, wow, I fucking hate this rock climb. <laughs> it probably is going to be good for me.
0: Yeah. You're like, I don't like the climb, but I like that I will learn something exactly. from it and I can remind myself that I this is what I need you know, this is going to help me later on. And then maybe eventually after you do the thing, you'll get better at it and then you might like it more. But yeah, no, you got to like, yeah, I like that. That's very important. I have done rock climbs where I'm like, I don't even like this that much, but I know that I'm, I suck at it and then I need to learn from it. So.
1: Yeah. And, and, and that's just another example of the, the gray area because some people are like, I'll only climb rock climbs that are five stars and I love them and they look amazing and I choose them for their beauty, you know? And I'm like, yeah, me too, except for half the time I'm gonna climb shit that's terrible and looks horrible just because I want to climb everything. And sometimes I'm gonna climb it or I'm gonna try it because there's a number attached to it that I really want to use as a, a gauge of my progress, you know? mm mm-hmm. so, climb for all the reasons i think
0: yeah and have seasons where you climb (laughs) for different reasons or change it up i'm already kind of like starting to formulate you know what i want to do in the red and i'm like we're switching it up we're going on a volume rampage there will be probably no projecting and i think that'll be fine we'll see we'll see if where we net out on that but it i'm already like this sounds like a fun challenge where it's like let's see how much 512 of different styles i can rack up while i'm there which like will also be Kind of fun. Plus, we're going the first two weeks of October and it might be hot. Yeah, <laughs> so, it, might, it might be 100 degrees. Yeah, but uh, it Mix was work definitely blah, blah, blah. So we're going, but it was definitely
1: 100 <laughs> degrees there on October 5th, two years ago.
0: It was 85 on October 18th last year. I'm just like, <laughs> we'll find the shade. It'll be fine.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, it, I'm going to pose a scenario yeah. and I'm just curious your your way that you handle it. So you're planning this volume trip to the Red. Yeah. But you're planning that based on, <laughs> I wanna get my project done here in Lander. Yep. What if you don't send here in Lander? Does that change your plans for the Red?
0: Hmm. It might. <laughs> uh, yeah, it very well might. But it also, I also think I would still change my approach for the red and say like try to rack up at least like maybe it would be more of a mix and I would maybe pick, okay, this is what I do. This is the compromise. So I would probably have a 513 picked out, but then I would pick like one or two 12, like 12B through 12D. doesn't really matter, but I'd pick one or two of those and say like, let's rack that up first Mm. before I go in too deep and make that like the first priority before going into that. And part of that is because I think, I feel like the Red River Gorge, especially if you pick, you know, like in the Motherlode where it's like everything is semi-similar or something like Mm -hmm. that. where like, you know, if you do well on one rock climb, progressing to the next one might like lead in a little bit better. Whereas I feel like in lander, at least like i had that idea but then i'm like man all these things are so different and a lot of figuring out a project especially with or not especially with this one but with this one it definitely felt like it was three or four sessions where it's like we got to get this beta like figured out and it doesn't necessarily feel like that would translate to other rock climbs because then it would be like and we're on to this new thing that has a bunch of other weird beta that will also take a long time to figure (laughs) out so i think that would be my hybrid plan where it's like we got to have We got to have a primary goal, second tier goals, but we actually have to make sure that we're we're doing that. So and it also would change how September goes as well, because September is kind of my like training prep month for the red. And I still think I could like make it down to Lander to try to like give it one last go and not interfere with training too much. But like it does matter. You know, you Mm want to say like, oh, just like do both. But like doesn't it doesn't work like that? yeah <laughs> like, and, I, and i pose i pose
1: that scenario simply because as a coach is something you're going to run into with a client totally who you know all of all of these great plans can be laid out but it doesn't mean they're all going to go that way um, in fact they aren't going to go that way um so you're going to have to shift gears and talk people through here's why I think this and here's why you should do this if you're psyched on this you know and there's just going to be a lot of that kind of conversation like we've you know mentioned in this conversation a bunch of times
0: totally and a lot of people are like sometimes so overwhelmed that like having me help them set goals or just like ask questions like what are you excited about or like uh, one of my favorite questions is like How do you want to feel at the end of the trip? Like, how do you want to feel? Like, not what do you want to have done? And then, like, you kind of, like, walk it back from there. And then we're kind of able to figure out, like, this might be a good way. Or sometimes people are just not ready. I think we talked about this before. But, like, outcome goals where it's, like, I want to send this and this and that or having a tick list is just, like, they're just not there yet. And, like, we got to just set process goals and be, like, you're going to get on five rock climbs a day. And, like, let's just try to set that, too. So there's always a way to, like, reel it in if you're like the pressure of an outcome goal is just like not conducive to my life right now.
1: Yeah, totally. How much as a, a business owner, um, and as a coach again, who people are, you know, looking to, for advice, how much are you scheduling out? Like this is my climbing time. This is my business time. And how much are you allowing your, how much room are you allowing for your motivation in those individual like seasons that you've created for yourself? I'm curious.
0: I think, Ooh, this is a really good question. So I'm pretty big on scheduling things out far in advance. And part of that is just that I've literally noticed that if you can be, you know, on your game and look at Airbnb's like Six months before you're going to roll up, you're just going to get a way better deal, (laughs) honestly. So that's kind of part of it where we just like schedule things pretty far in advance. So that's one thing. So, yeah, I would say that I kind of have, you know, where things are going sort of mapped out like six months out ish. And I kind of have like a general like I drive I drive my other half Michael crazy. It's January and I'm like, I think this is what our whole year is going to be. And he's just like, <laughs> it's January. We just moved here and I'm like, no, this is when our training season's going to be and this is our performance. He's like, okay. <laughs> that's what we're doing, I guess. And I'm like, that's what we're doing. Good talk. <laughs> so like, yeah, I think I had everything. I probably have a note in my phone where I like mapped out my whole thing in January. Mm-hmm. And I've never really had like this is going to sound weird. I have had moments of like lack of motivation or just feeling really tired but that's also part of why i have realized that i like need to have a coach for accountability myself because i know it's gonna happen yeah but i will say the first time i've always been pretty motivated to rock climb but that's because usually i'm like deprived of the amount of time outside that i actually want but after i sent my project in the red last november i was like I don't want to rock climb at all. And I still have like a week and a half. And then I'm also just still going to be around Ohio. Like I could still climb through December. We built a home wall in my parents' basement and I like barely touched it. And I think, yeah, that was the first time I've ever felt like completely unmotivated (laughs) to rock climb. And that was kind of weird for me. I mean, I also realized I'm like, it's probably because you just started a business and you're preparing to move your whole life across the country. Right. So, yeah, I don't, mm, let's see. Now I'm and like, I think, <laughs> I think motivation
1: doesn't necessarily have to just disappear. You know, yeah. it can also change. Um, yeah. for instance, after I did, uh, my first 14a, I immediately thought, okay, and this is what I had planned. Like I'm, I'm going to do 14a and then I want to chase some big wall goals oh wow but then as soon as i did it and i started talking about the big wall goals (laughs) i started to be more like i'd kind of rather boulder
0: (laughs) you know with the small ones actually let's let's go from
1: the biggest walls (laughs) to the tiniest little rocks um so that's where i went you know despite having talked about it in a public way oh wow i just followed that motivation and you know when we went to australia one of my like the initial reason I wanted to go to Australia was to climb on the Taipan Wall. Yeah. I really want to I really want to climb on this wall. It's world class. I've heard so much about it. I know the history of it. And when I got there, I was like, okay, I do want to climb on the Taipan Wall, but mostly I want to boulder. So I'm going to go climb on it. I'm going to go get scared. I'm kind of yep. craving getting scared <laughs> on a rope. But I'm not going to put any time into trying to send anything. Yeah. Um, and that felt totally okay. And I think that's something that's relatively new to me, where in the past I was more of a, I'm going to schedule my whole year out. This is what I will do. When I finish a thing, I'll look at my schedule and say, what do I do next? <laughs> yeah. You know. And now I've gotten a little more lax about that. Yes, there are some things totally scheduled out, written mm-hmm. on the whiteboard. You have to do these in this time period. Yep. And I will do that. But I'm also like, one of my goals is to climb V12, and if I don't feel like trying V12 right now, I'm not gonna try it, you know? I'd rather go climb on new boulders or, you know, or work on new podcast ideas or whatever. I'm just letting my motivation lead me wherever.
0: Yeah, oh, it's kind of funny that you say that, because I kind of am planning, I'm assuming that by the time I've like, hopefully gone pretty hard here and at the Red, that by November, I'm gonna be like, who wants some turkey? And I told my friend, <laughs> I told my friend Kyle, because he's he's like excited that we moved, me and Mike moved to Salt Lake, but <laughs> he he's also like really into trad climbing, and so we're like we've just been sport climbing a lot. And he's like, man, I want I want trad partners, guys. And I shook Kyle's hand, and I was like, all November, mm. you can take me trad climbing as much as mm. you want. I will I will follow the things. I will clean out the cracks. We'll have a great time. I will learn how to hand jam finally. It'll be a good time. So I'm kind of just planning on like. November being like skills exploratory fun month. So hopefully that works out. Maybe I won't be psyched at all. Maybe I won't ever try to climb. I have no idea, but we'll see. But it's, but I have, I've gone up one crack in Little Cottonwood Canyon and it was pretty fun. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of ready for more. And plus then there's like no pressure either. I'm like, I'm just going to learn a lot and it's going to be a good time. So it's cool to be able to have time for like a fun month of just being a goober and like, learning how to do something new so
1: yeah and the, I mean honestly this sort of plays off of that like imposter syndrome that I think a lot of people feel at not having climbed a certain number mm, or yeah or whatever but frankly I personally like the idea of just having a wider a wider skill set and more experiences and you know different perspectives about rock climbing for me that's more important than you've climbed a specific grade because frankly to be able to climb the harder grades you almost have to be really self involved you you have to narrow your focus mm-hmm. you know you have to take this really narrow perspective um doesn't mean you've done it your whole life but Having only climbed seven years, if that was all of your focus was I just want to climb this hard grade, how effective then can you be for the people who aren't having that same experience in their climbing?
0: Right. Totally. And then you're just going to be frustrated when your athletes like don't have defined goals and they're just like. I just want to have more fun on the Red Rocks trip, and like, if you are like, but why wouldn't you have the route picked out? You know, then, you know, you're gonna be frustrated. But if you can understand, like, you know, that getting out or like being able to just have long days is the goal, then yeah, totally agree. And it's fun to just live somewhere where I can have a lot of different experiences too, and not get pigeonholed into like certain styles. It's crazy. I'm like, and and now that I have like flexibility of location, I'm like, I could go on trips where I just go learn a new style. My friend Carly keeps trying to get me to go on a trip to El Salto so I can learn how to climb on tufas. And I'm like, that sounds pretty fun. Like I could do that. I could just like go on trips to learn things.
1: Yeah. It's It's an interesting new (laughs) paradigm to be able to move around, do this thing you love while you're also working. Um, you know, it, it took me a while to really understand that where it used to be, I'm taking time off work to go on a climbing trip. Now it's like, oh, we could kind of go anywhere we want, anytime we want. This is weird, you know? it
0: really is. Yeah, and I guess for context, for anyone listening, my other half works in, he works in oncology healthcare, so he works completely remotely now, which is really sweet, and we, yeah, we're able to kind of do what we want, but it hasn't always been like this. There was a lot of years where it was long distance and definitely not doing what we want, so, yeah. Yeah
1: totally are there any big standout kind of lessons ideas new things that you've gotten whether it's from continuing education whether it's from unexpected things from clients whatever it is are there any big standout things that you've carried with you so far
0: I think I've gotten just a lot better at being not only willing to take feedback, but also excited about it. Mm. (laughs) I would say that's a really big one. Like when I first started coaching, this is in like a few different ways. So when I first started coaching, I hardly took videos of myself. And my business coach, Chelsea, was like, Lauren, how can you expect your athletes to send you videos of them climbing so you can help them if you won't even take videos of yourself and share them and i was like "Ooh, you're right (laughs) i really need to do that and i was very scared to like share videos of myself climbing on social media especially because it was a major imposter syndrome thing i was so afraid people were gonna be like this girl's footwork sucks. How could she coach a person? And for the most part, everyone's been cool about it. There was one dude who sent me a really mean Instagram message, and it kind of made me cry, but I still got my training session done. But yeah. Sadly, this
1: doesn't fucking surprise me.
0: Yeah. Yet. So that sucked. But other than that, everyone's been pretty nice. And you know what? A lot of people are like, nice work on that moonboard board problem, Lauren. And I'm like, oh, the internet doesn't have to be a totally hellish place, I guess. So
1: yeah, it doesn't have to be totally hellish, but there are some <laughs> aspects of it that kind of fucking suck Yeah, and you know when like I had a conversation with Shelma Jun years ago who's now a good friend of mine and when we first talked she really um, she was basically giving me a handout by having this conversation <laughs> with me um, because I didn't quite understand and you know I would hear women talk about mansplaining which was a new term <laughs> at the time you know and i'm like yeah but i've had dudes like come up to me and give me beta and you yeah know, and shit like that too so this yeah. happens to everybody but it definitely doesn't happen to me as much as it happens to to Any. female coaches um who are out there on the internet what's that experience been like for you especially as a new coach um you know who who didn't come from a like world-class competitor background or something like that um what's that been like dealing with dudes on the internet
0: (laughs) uh in the beginning it was really scary and i don't regret the time that i spent sobbing in the shower over like mean shit people (laughs) said to me on the internet but I don't think I'm gonna do that anymore. I think I'm pretty much over it at this point. Maybe someone will come at me with something really eloquent in the future. But it's been it was really hard and scary at first, but I kind of always would come back and remind myself like like some some people recommend like having an in case you need this file on your phone where you keep like nice things your athletes have sent to you. Yeah. <laughs> so you can remind yourself like Fuck the haters. Mm. I have helped a lot of people. And if I curl into a ball in my bed, then I will stop helping people over something some dumb dude on the internet said. So it kind of, that's been super grounding. But now I think it's happened enough times that I kind of think it's funny to the point where I am starting a folder. And I I was like, Monica, if anyone sends me anything mean, you just screenshot it, you put it in this folder, and then I'm going to make fun of everyone later. So watch out, people. (laughs) So... That's been, it's been a good shift. And I also think it just has come from the confidence of being like, I've coached a lot of athletes at this point. A lot of people have done pretty well. And it's been a year since quitting, you know, a corporate engineering job, but I'm still coaching rock climbers. So yeah, yeah, I'm kind of just like getting better about it. But yeah, and it's also, I used to engage and now I'm kind of at at the place where I'm like, I don't owe anyone my response to anything. And I, I think what you said sucked. I just block you or yeah. whatever. So, yeah. yeah. I'm like I'm not I'm not engaging with this like garbage. I'm that's that's actually blocked. a lesson <laughs> I've
1: had to learn because I really fucking love engaging.
0: <laughs> I know you do. Like it's it's one of
1: my biggest joys in life actually is when there's some hater on the internet and I get to engage with them <laughs> and my wife can see it. She's like, "I see a twinkle in your eye. Get off the internet." You know, but I've had to learn that my time just is more valuable than dealing with these idiots. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm glad you're not giving them the time. No. You know, giving them your energy.
0: No, no more. I used to because I was like, oh, well, maybe I did say something wrong or I should have d- done this better. And now I'm like, no. And also I feel like everyone needs, to, this is just a PSA about social media. When coaches are talking about social media, they're probably talking about like, of the time when this is what they see, but there's always going to be like a little bit where maybe what they're saying doesn't exactly apply to you, but you don't need to come after them and eat everyone alive over it. Maybe just like (laughs) be a human that's like, oh, this person's trying to give applicable information to literally thousands of people. And if you want one size fits all information, then like, why not get a consult? You know, (laughs) like. Right.
1: Yeah, definitely a a real thing that we have to, We have to look at posts on social media and say, this falls somewhere in this spectrum of white to black with all this gray area in between. But it's not trying to say it fits every situation.
0: No. Usually it's like, here's some tips and ideas. There's a bunch more, but here's a good place to start maybe. Yeah. It's kind of funny. So that's that's been interesting. I guess other things I've... Definitely. So taking feedback is certainly a big thing that I've learned. Mm-hmm. I and mean, it was kind of, I like, was really proud of myself yesterday because I was out at the crag and like working on the project and someone came up to me and they, they were, most people, when they want to like spray bait at you or give you advice, they just kind of like start saying it. And that's when it kind of sucks. And this person was like, Hey, I'm wondering if you're open to some feedback. Yeah. And I was like, you seem really nice, and the fact that you asked like that seems pretty cool. I later found out he was from Ohio, and we have Ohio radar. Oh, so I was see. like, I could tell I liked you. But yeah, he gave me really good advice. He was like, Seems like you're not breathing at all. And I was like, that's fair. I don't think I am. <laughs> <laughs> and then my friend Carly was also out there and she, you know, she's a coach too. So she was giving me some feedback and she was like, we've talked about breathing. I'm like, we've talked about breathing. And then t- it was to the point where I was like so grateful to have this feedback that my next burn, I just looked at everyone around at the crag and I was like, so I'm going to breathe like I'm a rocket ship today. I'm going to yeah. go. <sighs> When I breathe out, like I literally said that I was like, I'm gonna be rocket ship mode on this burn. I do not, I don't think this is gonna be a send burn. So I really just wanna like actively work on this. And if any of you guys don't hear me breathing, I want you to heckle me. And I think like maybe two years ago, I would not have been so receptive to getting feedback like this, but now I'm like, this is what's going to help me send, like, freaking yell at me to breathe. I don't care. Like, let's go. And I was, like, open with being like, I'm actively making this mistake. And <laughs> I want everyone to help me do it. But also, I think it's fun. And I did breathe like a rocket ship for a lot of it. And it did feel better. Everyone should breathe more. In this, and out, people. This just makes me want to make a little
1: video of a rocket ship with your <laughs> with your rocket ship sound effect behind it. I really need this in my life now. Yeah,
0: it sounds. Yeah, I can do the rocket ship noise again if you need to sample <laughs> it. So it's fine. <laughs> it was
1: a quiet, quiet, calm rocket ship.
0: Yeah, exactly. <sighs> <laughs>
1: oh, I love it. Yeah, feedback is is super important and. I, you know, I I've posted multiple times about people spraying beta yeah. on the internet, and and I all there's always some idiot.
0: <laughs> I know what you're going Who's say. like, yeah, <laughs> but feedback. <laughs> this this
1: is social time, and I'm like, if this is your only method of being social, then then you have some things you need to work through. Yeah. And and there's always the people who think I'm just trying to be helpful. And and that's great. You know, consider being helpful. And the best way to do that is to ask if the person wants help first, you know, so I think that's a great way to approach it. And I'm glad this person did that. Yeah. You know, they
0: the feedback giving. And I've had a lot of bad experiences with men saying like non awesome things to me without asking for any sort of consent. And also their faith is not helpful. It was like not good advice anyways. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, there this was, was a the way to do it.
1: When I was climbing at Rockwest a lot in Cincinnati, there was a, an MMA fighter in town who I can't remember his name. He was like, world champion MMA fighter and he would bring all his friends in, <laughs> other MMA fighters, to climb at the gym. Oh my God. And I was watching him try to climb this like V two <laughs> steep thing one day and it was it was painful to watch, you know. Yeah. Doing literally all the wrong <laughs> things. And I just I sat there for a while and finally I was like, hey, do you want some you know, you want some help with that? And I give him some help and then he does the problem and he's like, have you been sitting there the whole time not giving me help? (laughs) And I was like,
0: uh, yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm glad you asked. And I'm like, okay, good.
0: <gasps> you know. I had more fun campusing it and whatever. Yeah. I'm going to go back to my old way now.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it can be really helpful for some people. And some people just don't want beta for whatever reason. So yeah, asking is definitely the best option to start with.
0: Yeah. And so. I always, like, warn people. I'm always like, hey, I'm a climbing coach. You just let me know if I'm going into coach mode. If what I'm talking to you about this and I will, like, step off because, like, it's just my job, so but yeah, I try to be pretty. I also like to not let people know I'm a climbing coach at the crag. It just kind of adds this like, I know it's kind of silly, but I feel like it adds this weird stress where I don't know. That's been another weird thing to deal with when people are like, "What do you do for work?" And they're like, just slaying whatever I was rock climbing, and I'm like, "Coach rock climbers, but you just keep doing what you're doing, bud." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird because then they kind of look at you and they're like, mm. but I'm like. You don't get it. It's fine. Keep climbing. <laughs> yeah. And there
1: are times like, you know, 90, 90% of the time I'm like, I, I don't want to steal the struggle from a person because mm-hmm. I know there's some learning happening right now. Yeah. But then there are a lot of times like that instance in Rock Quest, where it's a little painful for me to watch. And I'm like, <laughs> I know I could help them learn this if I had the opportunity to say one thing. Yeah. You know? Um. So... If that's you, if you're that person who feels the need, you know, to say something, first examine why you feel the need to say it. Yeah. Um is it about you or is it about helping someone? Um and is it going to help them if you say it? You know, it I hear a lot of shit just sprayed around at the Crag that isn't helpful at all.
0: No.
1: Um so check yourself a little bit and then yeah. Ask and be polite about it instead of just assuming you're the expert in the situation.
0: Totally. Ooh, I have to share my favorite. I think this is my favorite internet beta spray I have received ever. So, when I was working on Jesus Wept, I was like doing one of the first boulder problems with like a foot cutting dyno. I didn't want it to be this way, guys. I wanted to be able to do it <clears> statically, <throat> but I had just come off a left hand finger injury and things weren't, crimps weren't working out. And I was like, jumping is what we will do. This is how it's going to be. I've spent four sessions (laughs) and this guy DMs me and goes, hey, I saw a video of another girl doing it statically. Like, I think you can do it statically. And I was like, are we all the same height? (laughs) That's so weird. I didn't know we were all the same height.
1: All women are exactly the same. We're all the
0: same. I didn't thank you so much for telling me.
1: You're basically Yanya.
0: Yeah, we're all the same. (laughs) We all have everything about us. If you're a girl, you climb like this, right? Were, yeah is is wild. I was like, do you read what you're saying? I'm like, uh, I lost it. I was like, I was kind of mad at the time, but now I'm like, this is so funny. Mm. Like, oh my God.
1: <laughs> Everybody's an expert on the internet.
0: Totally. Because
1: because your your business model is based a lot around social media.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: Have there been times? Well, I'm sure there have been times <laughs> where the people saying things make you want to not be on social media. And how do you how do you like keep raising the bar of what you're doing on social media? because it it has ramped up quite yeah. a bit and I enjoy watching the progression of it. So how do you talk yourself into continuing to build on their, when it's easily one of the places where you become a target,
0: yeah. well, that's a really good question. I mean, well, first of all, I can like definitively tell you that I would say a lot of my sales are driven from social sure. media, so that's just kind of a reality that you have to deal with. I will say having like outsourcing some of it or coming up with systems to make my time on social media more intentional mm. has been pretty important. I've literally invested in, like, how to like courses on like making me better at this so that's been that's been cool too and then I've also just kind of realized that talking about what I'm actually inspired to talk about because like of course you know have a list a thousand miles long of topics that I want to talk about and sometimes I'm like nope this happened recently and I'm just gonna like speak about this or educate about this right now because that's what's relevant so I think sticking with things where I have like good energy around it where I want to talk about it has been really helpful and then also just like outsourcing stuff to people like i am not good at design i am not good at designing things i remember asking you about like all your graphics on instagram and i'm like do you do that yourself and you're like yeah and i'm like this will never be me i like make i make like an ugly version of the thing and then i send it to monica i'm like monica turn this crazy graph i thought of that is scrabble into like a thing (laughs) that the world can look at so i think like learning what i like and what i'm good at and then trying to like outsource as much of the rest of it um, is important. And the other thing I realized is that like, I don't really like, I don't use my personal social media at all. Like I'm yeah. just kind of like social media is work now. I've tried to kind of communicate to my friends. I'm like, hey, if you want to talk to me on Instagram, maybe just text me. Cause this is kind of like you're texting my business inbox when like I'm yeah. going through my own like business Instagram. So that kind of helps. Yeah, and then also I've sort of come to this realization, like now I love it when people unfollow me. I'm like, good, if you weren't here for bad puns, you got to get out of here. Like you're not going to like the rest of it. Right. So just realizing like that when people leave, you're like, good, because if you didn't think that was fun, you're not going to like what's coming next. So. Yeah, and,
1: <laughs> and you're not trying to – like the the whole point <laughs> isn't to have 50 million followers. No. The the point is to have whatever the number of followers is who who wants the information you're putting out there, yeah, who wants to engage you. with it, who wants to be this intentional community with you. you yeah, know? exactly. That's, and I'm like, if that's you don't like
0: point. how I explain things or you don't yeah. like my philosophies about stuff, well, like, there's a lot of other coaches and that's why there are multiple coaches is because you should go find someone else.
1: Yeah, and I, I'm glad you said... You know, when you were talking about the graphics and things like that, you're you said, so I, I do the things I like to do. You know, I think that's really important. Um and I think gets overlooked a lot when talking about business yeah. is it would absolutely be easier for me if I outsourced making those little graphs. Yeah. But because I enjoy doing it, I do it. Yeah. You know? Um if it's something I don't enjoy doing Generally speaking, I will learn how to do it and then I outsource it. Yep. You know, I want to understand it enough to have an intelligent conversation with the person I'm asking to do it, Mm -hmm. but then I don't want to do it anymore. Yep. You know, and it's been really important for me to find the things that I like doing so that when I'm not enjoying doing part of what I do, I can switch to this other thing that I really like doing and it recharges my batteries, you know, like these conversations do, like making those graphs do, um, that are coming up with new podcast ideas or new yeah. product ideas. I, I like that exploration and I could pay somebody to do a lot of that, but it's the part I like. Right. So I keep it in.
0: Yeah, you know? no, that totally yeah. makes sense. Yeah, I think, like, learning how to, like, keep, and it's also been, like, you know, it's scary. You're, like, it's your first year in business, and I'm, like, I think I need help because if I don't get help, I'm just going to keep doing tons of stuff that takes me forever because I'm bad at it. It's just not the part of my business that I, like, need to be doing. But I also think it helps to, like, do it yourself first, to your point, so that you know, oh, this is what takes me forever, and I do not like it. And then when someone's, like, this is how much it costs to get help with it, you're, like... Sick, That's yeah so much, like yeah. it's worth even more to me than that, so take my money exactly,
1: exactly. you already know that it <laughs> it takes this level of expertise, and you can say, okay, I understand why it's worth that money yeah,
0: I'm like you, you just know? you can you can do that, and <clears throat> I will gladly pay you for it, so
1: yeah well i'm you know I, a, I appreciate you coming over taking the time you're you're a business owner, it's busy, <laughs> life is busy, <laughs> and you got a project waiting. It's crazy. (laughs) Um, But I also, you know, in a world where there are lots of coaches coming into this, um, I appreciate that you are out there doing it, engaging with it, uh, exploring it, you know, in all of its facets, because I think that's the best way to be effective, uh, is to understand what your clients are going through. And and i'm really excited to see you doing that and to to see where it goes for you you know i i feel like whether it's warranted or not i like feel like this um pioneer in this industry and it really excites me to see other people coming in with with gusto you know and not being like oh i have to follow this business model exactly i can play around with it and make it my own that that's really important for me to see because then i know it's in good hands moving forward so yeah. so i appreciate you being here
0: thanks i appreciate you creating an industry where i don't have to be a grumpy corporate <laughs> slave and i can coach rock climbers in like live a yeah if you would have told me in college that this is where i would be like however many years later i would have told you you were nuts <laughs> but now it's pretty crazy <laughs> so yeah yeah, and I appreciate your your podcast is one of the things that got me started, like, even caring about training. So, yeah, it's pretty, pretty surreal. I know, I, th- I think I said this the other day, but I was like, four years ago, I was just on a way to a job that I didn't like listening to training podcasts, and now I own a business and I'm on one. It's pretty weird. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and, you know, that's why I do it. I hope that someone listens to this, you know? There's some young person somewhere in the Midwest who's like, oh... I relate to this yeah you know and I really love this idea and I'm gonna explore this and see where it goes and and they create a whole new model of doing this totally you know that that will make me more excited than anything so so thanks
0: yeah thank you (laughs)
1: I've said it before in other places, I've said it on the podcast here during our Hard Truth episodes, and I'll say it again now, I absolutely love Lauren's energy and I'm so happy that she's here in this industry right now you can head over to Lauren's website, you can find the link right there in your show notes in your pocket supercomputer and using the code GoodSpray, all one word, all caps, you can get 20% off of any of Lauren's self-guided programs until the end of December. That's crush it bouldering, crush it sport climbing and force over time. Use the code GoodSpray, one word, all caps. Also, Lauren has one custom plan opening. You can start that anytime in the next two months. So hit her up via her website and get in on that. And of course, as always, you can find links to follow Lauren on the social medias right there in the show notes in your pocket supercomputers. Okay. I mentioned in the beginning that we've got some new podcasts coming, some new podcasts joining the Plug Tone Audio Collective. First up, Switchback, an outdoor community podcast hosted by Kelsey Keitel, who is an outdoor-based counselor, licensed educator, and adventure leader from Indiana. Kelsey is pretty much the opposite of me. Instead Instead of trying to rattle people, she is incredibly soothing. And I love listening to her interviews with folks as she processes the reality that Uh, The outdoors may not be the great equalizer that we think it is. Switchback is four episodes deep right now. Um, She also has a bonus episode out that I really, really enjoyed. Curiosity killed the criticism. You can find links to that show as well as that particular episode right there in your show notes. Also, last one for today. Devin and I have been working with Lauren, today's guest, and Caitlin Holmes, who you may know on the Instagrams as Dirtbag Nutritionist, to get a brand new podcast from them up and running. It's going to be called The Average Climber Podcast. You'll be hearing more in early 2022. However, if you're listening to this today, Lauren and Caitlin will be going live on Instagram at 10 a.m. announce their podcast and talk a little more about what you can expect from it. I'm excited to have their energy in this space as well. All right. You guys know where to find us. You're not new to this. The Instagrams, Facebooks, the Pinterest, the YouTubes. Check out our community forum, community.powercompanyclimbing.com. We'd love to have your voice weighing in over there. The more the merrier. However, it's not as merry on the Twitters because we don't tweet. We scream like eagles. time, <laughs> It's time to build
0: It's time to fail. This time. is time. It's time.